It's a Saturday morning when we invite Jack Farrell to come in with his wine chat. Jack Farrell, of course, from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Demi. How are things this morning? Things are really well. It is a beautiful, beautiful morning. Oh, it sure is. That bright sunshine is wonderful to see. Yeah. Today I thought I might talk about it as much as people are lining up for the dwindling last days of the fair, and usually have something barbecued, the most fabulous pairing of barbecue sauce in the world, in my opinion, is with Malbec. Malbec is an unusual grape type. I was first introduced to Malbec, oh, maybe four, is with Malbec. Malbec is an unusual grape type. I was first introduced to Malbec, oh, maybe 40 years ago, by my good friend, Dr. Nelson, and he has a friend, Prince Henrik of Denmark, who bought an estate in Cahors. It's an area in kind of the midi section of France. And it, the wine was called the Black Wine of Cahors, and it was made from Malbec. And I thought it was a wonderful discovery that Glenn put me onto. And we did a wonderful job selling Cahors for many, many years. And it wasn't, Cahors wasn't really what you'd call a very popular area in the United States, anyway, for wines. Then all of a sudden, about 15, 18 years ago, they started to bring in Malbec from Argentina. And uh, Malbec found its home. Malbec is, was a blending grape from Bordeaux, France. And it was used with Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc to temper out and add color to the blend that becomes Bordeaux. And, you know, in Bordeaux, they're masters at blending. They blend the white, they blend the red. The white is Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon. The red can be predominantly Merlot or predominantly Cabernet, and then usually some Cabernet Franc and uh, uh, sometimes a, a few other grapes like Malbec. Well, in 1956... Malbec in Bordeaux was almost totally wiped out by a horrible frost they had that year, and it decimated the crops. And so uh, Malbec sort of fell out of favor and wasn't planted so much in Bordeaux anymore. A few diehards kept up with it, but it really diminished. However, in Argentina, back in the late 1800s, the agricultural commissioner was a French guy, and he brought in Malbec, and he brought it to the Mendoza Valley. The Mendoza Valley is one of the most picturesque wine areas of the entire world. You're surrounded by the Andes Mountains and those snow-capped mountains all around you. It's just beautiful. But it's, of course, a very dry area. And But with all that runoff from the snow-capped Andes Mountains, uh, they have loads and loads of water, so everything is done by irrigation. Uh, there's dust on the plant leaves because they uh, don't get much rain. However, they get plenty of water in that runoff, and as you go through the town of Mendoza, you'll see these uh, where they have all the trees, they have these almost like wells where they can divert water from to water the trees. So, uh, you know, it's a very fertile area, even though it's so arid because it, they can irrigate, and uh, the Malbec grape found its new home. And, you know, today, Malbec, there's about maybe 100,000 
acres around the world planted of Malbec grape, which isn't a lot in terms of grape. However, 80-some thousand of those acres of planted grapes are in Argentina. And as I said, Malbec really found a home there. Malbec is an uh, intense grape. It, it's um, rather uh, thick skin and tiny berries and produces a very intense grape. However, it's very light in the finish. And I have said so many times, if you had all the money in the entire world and you wanted to pair a wine with barbecue sauce, you couldn't do any better than Malbec. Malbec is just one of those grape types that goes perfectly with barbecue because it just seems to like that little hot, sweet finish that you get in barbecue sauce. Zinfandel from California goes fairly well with that, too. But the Malbec was just it's like it was bred to do that. And, of course, in Argentina, they have lots and lots of beef. And uh, that's a big, big part of their diet. And, of course, the Malbec went perfectly with that. And then, as I said, about 15, 18 years ago, they started to export it, and it caught on around the world. Now, other countries make Malbec, small amounts, South Africa. Chile, it's a growing grape type in Chile. Uh, that's perhaps in the whole world of the, where the biggest increases come in planted Malbec. And we have in the United States maybe a couple thousand acres, primarily in California, uh, that are devoted to Malbec. But the ones that really are the stars of that uh, are the Argentines. Uh, the, the wines they make there are incredibly good. There's one winery there that was a pioneer called Katina, and uh, I can remember him telling me that how popular Malbec was going to become around the world. And I thought, well, he's dreaming a little bit here, I think. Well, he wasn't dreaming at all. It did indeed become very popular because it, it's such a nice wine. And Cahors, uh, the, the, where its birthplace really is and where it's still very strong grape type in France, it's called the black wine of Cahors because it's such a big, deep, intensive wine, and you have to have a big, powerful roast like a <laughs> venison or elk or buffalo or something like that to, to really combat that black wine of Cahors. However, in the Argentine, it has discovered a home where it makes a lighter, easier, more uh, accessible red wine than it does in its homeland of Cahors. And it likes it goes so remarkably well with so many different things, uh, particularly meat things. And uh, as I said, you can't find anything better uh, than Malbec to go with a barbecue. Malbec Argentine wine is from a special clone, they think. But like I say, it certainly has done wonders uh, for Malbec and for the Argentine wine market. Uh, Argentine was kind of a follow-up of Chile. Chile was sweeping the wine world about 30 years ago. People were discovering inexpensive, delicious wines from Chile, etc. And Argentine uh, was a sort of a no-show. And then they began to export this Malbec, and it has become a national variety. When you think of Argentine wine, the first thing you think of 
is Malbec grapes. And as I said, for a grape that was only introduced uh, less than 100 years ago, it is just remarkable. And it, they are discovering now today that it grows even better in higher altitudes. And so up the sides of those Andes Mountains are growing these huge vineyard estates that are producing nothing but Malbec. And it, like I said, what initially started out as sort of a bulk variety exported, Katina was absolutely right when he said that it would grow and blossom. And he, of course, his estate Malbec is one of the best in the entire world. There's no question about that. Uh, as a matter of fact, his estate is sort of interesting. The winery looks like an Aztec monument, and it was built in design like the Aztec Indians did. It's pyramid-shaped, uh, but it's beautiful. And, of course, the most beautiful thing is the incredible wine they produce out of that Katina winery. Uh, it really is great. But there's a lot of wonderful wineries. Our uh, good friends, the Rothschilds, opened a winery called the Gary Bay, and that happens to be one of my favorite Malbecs. And it just, as I said earlier, goes so well with so many different dishes. But where it really shines is if you're having barbecued ribs or you're barbecuing a steak or barbecued chicken. Uh, that Malbec, and it has a nice finish. Uh, the Cahors is kind of steely, and you have to wait a while for Cahors. Cahors doesn't mature as quickly as the Argentine variety of Malbec does. And so uh, you have to wait and I'd say a good Cahors should be at least five or six years old before you drink it, whereas Argentine Malbec, you can have it right away. And, of course, like any place else in the world, uh, the Argentine area, Mendoza is the primary. It's sort of their Napa Valley in Argentina. And like any of those places, there's wonderful places to stay. There are fabulous restaurants etc. And of course the wineries are delighted to welcome people with tasting rooms, etc. And there's a lot to do. You can go out horseback riding and you can also go on uh, Argentine picnic where you have a picnic <coughs> excuse me, right in the vineyards outside of Mendoza. And Mendoza itself is a wonderful wonderful little uh, city in the Argentine because it's so pretty there. And just even to go and look at how the, the remarkable way they irrigate the vineyards from that runoff, they have a channel. Actually, they use the same kind of irrigation that the uh, pre-colonial Indians used there. Uh, the native people uh, used that irrigation, and they kept that up, and that's what they use today. And It's all done with just dirt and mud, and it controls how the, the runoff from the mountains uh, flows into the vineyards. And it, and it works, of course, just like magic, but that's fun to see. Unfortunately, with uh, Malbec, there's a lot of different names for the grape type, and that makes it kind of uh, difficult. It's also, in France, the two most popular names are Auxerre and Cote Noire. And Pessac is often another one used for it. So there's that confusion with Malbec. But whatever clone that old French agricultural minister brought to uh, Argentina so many, many years ago has uh, really been masterful. Because and, and they've improved on it greatly. And like I say, now they're discovering that it likes altitudes. So they're 
some of the estate wines from the Argentine that are grown up and down the foothills of the Andes are just remarkable wines. And, and it's what made Argentina a major player in the world of wine, strictly based on one varietal. They've discovered they can do a pretty good job there with Chardonnay and Torrent and a few other grape types in Argentina. Cabernet doesn't do too badly, Merlot, etc. And they're flexing their muscles as a wine-producing country. And, of course, they never could have done that without Malbec. And no matter whatever happens to the wineries of Argentina, Malbec is always going to be their principal and best grape type because it found a new home and it flourished mightily much better than it did in the area of its birth in France. Uh, so if you have the opportunity, try a Malbec and if you want to follow a real good piece of advice, have that Malbec uh, with some barbecued ribs. It is wonderful. And uh, speaking of uh, barbecues and that, uh, we still have our Labor Day 6 for 60 at Haskell's where you get six bottles of wine for $60, and they're marvelous wine. There's a Fordant Rosé, which comes from Provence. It's just perfect aperitif wine. The Cantina uh, um, Torres from Italy, their Pinot Grigio, it comes from the Schenck people and makes a, a fabulous Pinot Grigio. It's a, another great aperitif wine. And their red wine, which is a field blend, Obscured is a great deal like Gallo's Apothec, only I think it's better. And then they have my go-to wine that I drink on a daily basis, if I can. Fog Mountain Pinot Noir is terrific. And Zinfinity Zinfandel, for those that like Zinfandel. And last is Projection Cab uh, from the Central Coast in California. Just six remarkable wines for only 60 bucks, And they're available at Haskell's until Monday. Memorial Day, then then six for sixty goes off. But boy, what a great deal deal to do for the next couple of days over this holiday weekend. Uh, get that six for sixty and get a corkscrew and visit the wines of the world. And don't forget, if this weekend, make it a point to try uh, Malbec with a barbecued rib. I think you'll see them the minute you try the combination. You're going to see exactly what I've been talking about. It's a marriage made in heaven. Oh, for sure. And that many times you are right on the money. Well, and the Haskell's many locations to visit, too, and I urge you to do that. Thank you, Demi. Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to talk about wine and pair wine with the food, whether you're having barbecued ribs or poached chicken breast. They'll pick a wine that will go perfectly with it, and best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault, right off of 35. Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. There's a Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis with free parking Saturday and Sunday. Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come in to Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, Haskell's does deliver. And incidentally, there's a few seats open for the riverboat tour uh, on the St. Croix River on September 18th of next week. Sounds great. Thank you, Jack. Let's talk next week. I'm going to look forward to that, Denny. Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Sounds great. Thank you, Jack. Let's talk next week. I'm going to look forward to that, Denny. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.